Hey, what's happening all my hunting and fishing friends? This is Chase Outdoors, the podcast. I'm your host, Justin Geike. Thank you for joining me. Coming to you from the Chase Outdoors man cave. And uh, as you can tell, my voice sounds dark and ominous, extremely masculine compared to other weeks. I wish this was the everyday voice. I would probably create more additional swooning in my household with my wife. But uh, as you can tell, I'm a little uh, under the weather from a, a couple of different reasons. My voice is uh, taking quite a beating, and I'm sure um, after doing this podcast, it won't be any better. But I've uh, been fighting a little bit of a, you know, fighting off a little bit of that ick the last couple of days and went and partook in the last final day of the Wisconsin muzzleloader season uh, here. Went out last night and uh, saw more nothingness. Nothingness, the uh, trend of the last couple weeks for me. It's been brutal. But uh, still trying. A for effort. Um, somebody, uh, if you need my address uh, to send my participation ribbon uh, or medal, uh, just let me know and I will get that to you. But um, been tough, been tough, and had a long walk uh, back to the truck through the deep snow was uh, short-legged, out of shape, and heavy clothes, so breathing quite heavily. Also in a bad mood, I couldn't get my tractor started. Took the trailer out there through really, really tough travel conditions. You know, wanted to hunt and get the tractor out and failed miserably at both, all gelled up because of this unusually record-cold December that we're having so far. So, total bummer there. Uh, don't like it. Tired of snow already. But uh, it is beautiful. There is no doubt about that. Um, but when I got back to the truck and I don't know if it was just that breathing, all that negative 10 air combined with being just a little under the weather, but it was like 20 minutes of misery. I, the whole, the ride home, I was hacking a lung, like hard to breathe bad. And it's not like I haven't hunted in a whole bunch of, you know, up to negative 25 degree temperatures in my life. And man, I struggled on the ride home last night. I thought I was going to have to pull over and try to catch my breath. It was bad. Ended up getting to the gas station and grabbing some coffee and kind of lung, warming my lungs up and my insides up a little bit and got her back under control, but it was brutal. And I think that with a combination of snoring like a uh, just sub-earthquake level as I was informed by my wife sleeping in the uh, spare bedroom when I found her this morning, I was, uh, I've beaten my throat up pretty bad. And then to make like icing on the cake... Um, I started recording this podcast and uh, I had a phone call and uh, and I lost the podcast. So I jibber jabbered for, I don't know, 20 minutes, a half an hour and just totally wasted my time. But it's fine out the window here. I'm just watching this beautiful light snowfall. It is super annoying. The roads are treacherous. I was supposed to drive a couple hours uh, this morning to go deliver a gun safe and uh, that's not happening. So just sitting here watching this beautiful snowfall, uh, hanging out with a cup of coffee uh, before I head into the uh, store for the day and do some stuff. And uh, yeah, it's been a little bit longer than the normal week that I like to do the podcasts. Uh, just, you know what it's like if I talk to anybody, I mean, what's this season? It's just busy, 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 busy. Uh, I like to do these every Sunday night, but last Sunday I had a really important task as judge of the chili cook-off at my church. So, you know, priorities. But uh, here we are. We've had a lot of really cool topics over the last couple of weeks. Obviously, revolved around rifle season as we've been into uh, the October uh, in November months. And I am going to touch on hunting a little bit. Probably, um, for the most part, one of the last 
you know, heavily hunting themed episodes here for a while as we dive into some other things. But I was trying to think of a, a, a theme to talk about here and looking at current events and, you know, uh, I'm going to try not to take my old man crabbiness, you know, and like get going on some of these topics on like social media that drive you nuts. Like I see little, uh, little Miss Greta got time person of the year the other day. And I just, you know, kind of chuckled as we deal with our heavy snow and negative 10 degree, uh, record setting cold global warming things. And I'm sure there's people listening that like, I can't believe he doesn't believe in global warming. I didn't say that I don't believe in a, a changing climate. And I think people are really hard on little Greta. You know, this, this kid is, you know, uh, thrust into the public eye largely by people around her, uh, influenced by adults around her. And, you know, I give the, I give the young lady credit. I mean, she's, she's putting herself out there and doing her best for a cause that she believes in to make the world a better place. You know, whether I agree with her or I don't, or if I think she's a, a pawn in in an agenda that doesn't know what she's doing or whatever I think is relevant. You know, uh, it's, you have to, whatever side you're on, just at some time appreciate a young kid trying to make the world a better place. And, and she cares about the environment. There's no doubt in that. And, and we as hunters and fishermen, you know, being the leading, you know, drive, you know, through efforts in conservation and finances in conservation, keeping this beautiful country great from a natural resources standpoint and preserving our heritage and hunting and fishing, which comes along with taking care of the land and, and managing the game and preserving our wetlands, not only for our heritage and the future of our sport, but just the overall good for our environment. You know, hey, you know, anyone who wants to do something better, as long as there's a positive net result, Hats off to you. But yes, I think the whole thing's ridiculous. Um, as far as like Time Magazine, just finding a controversial, maybe undeserving person, as always, to take that spot to drive attention to themselves to try to sell magazines. Kind of think it's a joke. There's just so many unpublished, unadvertised individuals that do so many incredible things that just never get the credit that they deserve. And it, yeah, it drives me nuts. But sorry, I'm off my stump. I hope I didn't get too political or too opinionated about you. But hey, it's a podcast, you know, it's life. But back to what I was uh, thinking about with a theme was just kind of hitting a point where I'm like, now what? You know, here we are. Muzzleloader season has come in in past for me individually on my property, just not good. Like deer are gone. Yeah, there's some tracks, a few, um, but unfortunately not on my food plot like I was expecting. I have some good food on it for them. Some nice greens. I've got you know green clover underneath all that snow. I've got a few daikon radishes, some brassicas, and they could care less because they can't get to them. There's just they don't want to walk through really deep snow where most of my tracks are, are in the south end of my property where there's tamarack and spruce and, and thicker cover so that snow's easier to walk around in. They're chewing on buds. But here in Wisconsin, like of our, of our planted corn, there's still 40% of it that's standing because of this miserable wet year that we've had. You know, these poor farmers can't get 
to their crops to get them cut. And, I mean, we're just getting more snow. It's only getting worse. Uh, it, it's just a bad, bad, bad year. It's a bad yield, and it was really difficult for them to harvest. And I've got hundreds of acres of corn within, you know, a mile of me. And you can see just driving past it, there are cow paths just beaten down where these deer are coming in and feeding in that. So I just don't really have anything to hunt anymore. And um, I sit there and say, now what? Like, I'm not a quitter. I like things being challenging. I like things being hard. I don't mind going out and getting after it. But I came away with last night just basically like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm good. I, I quit. <laughs> you know, like... My hunting season is over, and my wife is probably thrilled because I have hammered so hard at it, trying to do everything the hard way, the right way, the the, the highly rewarding way, and uh, and it was a rewarding year. I mean, being able to watch my son shoot his first couple deer was incredible, but on a personal just me versus deer, oh man, it was brutal. I got I got whooped. I got whooped. So now what? I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at closing down closing it down for the year. And um, if I had soybeans and I had corn on my property, I'd still be just I'd still be after it. But I don't, and I just it's a waste of time. But with that being said, I think it's really important to not give up deer hunting in the regards of prepping and planning like 2020 starts today you know as a deer hunter for us which is mid-september it's coming you know it's 10 months away so we have 10 months now to prep and plan and make things better and manage things better and i think what happens is we put in a lot of work and if we don't prep and plan for that work a lot of that work is wasted I think it's a good time to get out into the woods. You know, maybe just, I've got grouse all over. What I should be doing is I should be grouse hunting with snowshoes on. You know, because you can look at the property and see there are deer or there aren't deer. I see people all the time pulling trail cameras out of the woods this time because they don't want them in the woods all winter. And my response is, why? Like, I think now is the time to go and put fresh batteries in. Like, if we're a blessed country, like, there's not... You know, like for me, like if, if, if the budget is like 20 bucks for the Christmas gift from, you know, the relatives, I'm like, I want lithium AA batteries and I want SD cards. Like that's seriously what I put on that list because I want to see what's going on because I think a lot of what happens in December and January showcases the result of what you've done all the other months. What have you planted? How do you access your stand? How do they feel the pressure of you coming in and out? What are the levels of the food that you're putting in? What are your neighbors doing? I think if you don't have deer on your property right now, then I think that you need to make an adjustment. So I think there's a lot of value in continuing to study your deer because I want to have a property where deer are happy being there in January and February because it means I have two things, three things. I've got good bedding cover. I've got a good food source and I haven't pressured them super, super hard where they've wanted to go and push off into somewhere else. And I, I think that I've made some mistakes this year in where I've put some stands where I've gotten too close to bedding areas 
or I don't have the access where I can get to them without them knowing that I'm, I'm coming in. One of the things I'd like to do is, is really brush in my tower stands so they don't stick out like a sore thumb. I think uh, I, I love listening to like what Jeff Sturgis has to say. He's, he's, a, he's a great resource of knowledge. And there's, I do think that deer um, will avoid ground blinds and tower stands if we don't hide them. I think the deer um, don't like trail cameras, so we kind of got to look at how are we setting our trail cameras up, you know, so that they're less intrusive, whether putting them up higher and angling them down or tucking them back into brush where they're not as seen. I think those things are all really, really important. Are you putting them in places where it's easy for you to get at them? Um, or are you using the cellular or, or like the cutting link system where you don't have to disturb them? Are you putting in like the battery packs, either lithium batteries to get more life out of them so they don't freeze? Or if like with the cutty links, those use D batteries. Are you putting the additional um, battery packs so that you can get that full year life out of them? Like all those things are really good things to take inventory because if you do a really good job building a really good property, I think those deer should be on your property now. That means that they, they're happy being there even after they felt the pressure of rifle season or they've been pushed there by the neighbors because you've done a better job of producing less pressure on the property and creating better food sources and better bedding areas for them. You know, like I think that, so that's the value. Like for me, I would rather have, you know, cheaper trail cameras and leave those out all winter long and have one croak on me and be like, okay, well I'm out that 50 bucks or whatever. Um, but get that information, I think is super valuable. It also helps you see your survivors and helps you build, you know, a catalog or a history. I've got, I've got two deer now that I've had on my property every season that I've owned it. This was my third season of owning this, this dirt. And now I've watched them go from two to three to four and three to four to five. And I want to know if those deer survived, you know, it's, it's just, it enhances, the experience. So I, I think having trail cameras out there, you know, all, all winter, or at least into March, uh, is, is a really good thing. Maybe you pull them when you go and do your shed hunting, like all of that stuff. Um, I think it's just more information, more education, uh, more learning about deer. I think that's really good. You know, and one thing it's done for me is saying, Hey, your food source is insufficient for December, which depending on how our rifle season falls on the calendar and what the weather does means it's insufficient for rifle season as well too at the end of the day what would drastically have changed my property for the good is having uh soybeans and corn on it and the corn does a lot of great things once it, one it gives me a visual barrier to the deer so it would have made it much easier for me to access stands because my trees haven't grown up enough yet the other thing is beans are such a great early season food source for opening weekend, which is a, you know, er, you know, be opening weekend and the last weekend are to me outside of rut situations, the very, very best time to kill a trophy whitetail buck. And, and beans are just the magic part of that equation. If, as long as you can, as long as you have a large enough area to put them in so that they don't eat them all down or you can fence them off, what, whatever it takes. Um, I think that's a huge part of it. And so when I take this theme of now what, I really think for me what it boils down to, and as I'm talking to you guys, I'm really kind of talking to myself and building where I'm at mentally. Like now is the time, now up into January, is, is especially like right now. Now is a really, really good time to do this. 
your hunting experiences over the last couple months are fresh in your mind. And what you're dealing with on your property right now is extremely fresh on your mind. Now's the time to sit back and reflect. And sometimes it might be with a pessimistic attitude if the season hasn't gone the way that you've wanted it to, to say, what am I going to do moving forward to build this plan, cultivate this plan so that it doesn't happen again? And here's where the, the doing it now, what's next, is really important too. There's some great things that can save you money and save you time. What I mean by that, if you're putting in corn and beans, Roundup Ready corn and beans are expensive. You know, corn's like 180, 190 bucks a bag or whatever it is. If, if you're a member of National Wildlife Turkey Federation or Pheasants Forever, they have seed programs where you can buy this Roundup Ready beans and corn at a very reduced rate. I mean, I think I pay like 25 to 30 bucks for a bag for my corns and my bean moving forward. But a lot of times that's a limited supply. So you want to get in there and deal with that now. All right, because that can save you a ton of money, a ton. And it also gets that seed on your lap so you don't get wound up with, with fishing season or turkey hunting or whatever and just forget to do it, like not do it. Um, that's a big thing. The other thing is trees. Like here with the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources, like if you order your trees now, I think the deadline's coming up here pretty quick. You can get the trees that you want at the age that you want to plant on your property. Good time to talk to a forester. Maybe create a plan where he knows what area of the county that you're in and what's, what kind of soil you've got to make a suggestion on what to put. Because if you can still buy trees in the springtime during the planting season, you're just kind of at risk of what they run out of. Like I wanted, a couple years ago, I wanted a, a lot of uh, two and three-year-old spruce. They didn't have any. They had one-year-old spruce and they didn't have much left. I ended up getting some jacks uh, too. And those jacks actually turned out really, really great in what's probably not ideal soil uh, with it being heavy clay. Um, but they've grown really great. They're gonna do a good job getting big and making a great screen cover really early. And I might leave them or I might cut some of them out as the spruce that I plant um, and the white pines and balsams that I plant grow up to give them more room. But I'm, I'm actually really happy with how those jacks turned out. But planning now in, in ordering now is the right thing to do for trees. And a lot of times too, even if you're doing like fruit trees, um, now is a great time to do that too for buying volume. And if, if you're not doing volume, it's a great time to um, go ahead and uh, put, put apple trees on your Christmas list. Like that's one thing we always forget about. Like that's, if you don't know what to get for Christmas, fruit trees are an awesome, awesome thing to put on your list. Definitely. So. That's one thing I like to do a lot, asking for um, gift certificates for uh, nurseries and things like that. Uh, it's just fun. I like to put in a couple apple trees a year, you know, four or five a year, and, and, and try to develop that. This was my first year with the property, year three, where I had trees that produced fruit, and that's only going to continue to get better. I'm excited about that. Um, the other thing is, too, is talking about where did you scare deer while well, that's fresh in your mind? Okay, well, now how do I avoid that? Am I putting you know, a cover screen like an Egyptian weed up to walk past my food plots? Am I moving a stand to get it further away from the bedding area? You know, do I need to cut a, a shooting lane in or trim a branch here? Like all of those things, like to me, like now is the time to really think about that while it's fresh in your mind, what has happened and going out and taking an inventory, you know, maybe now through the next month or whatever until the, until bucks drop antlers or, or whatever. So 
high encouragement, get out there, get trail cameras out, get batteries in them, uh, follow that, order trees, you know, order seed, things, all of those things. Like now's a really good time to think about that. Maybe you need a, a new chainsaw. Maybe you need a, a new pole saw. All these things that can, new tree stands, whatever, uh, that you can put on your Christmas list is always really nice too. Um, that's one of the things for me. Uh, pieces of Sitka, you know, hats, gloves, all that stuff. Usually pretty much what makes up my Christmas list. So that's one of the big things for me this time of year. But uh, that's one of the big things that I really wanted to talk about is like how to wrap up this season and turn it into prepping for next season. You know, I think those are those are good things. Like if, if you know, you know, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The same thing, the best way to have the best season next year is to start planning for it right now. Uh, so I would encourage you to take some time and take that inventory, write notes down, put it up on a cork board or somewhere where you're not going to lose it. Start acting on some of those types of things now before we truly pack up everything and go into hibernation. Uh, if you do have those good food sources, also trail cameras too, obviously really good things um, to do here. We've got lots of snow, so it's easy to follow tracks and see some of the movement patterns that we deal with. But other than that, boy, we've got a lot of snow and a lot of cold and tough travel conditions, and it's about time to go into hibernation. Uh, if you're one of those people that loves being outside in the winter like me, lots of cool things to do. We've got snowshoes on sale right now in the shop for only 70 bucks. Uh, really nice sets. We've sold a lot of those over the last years, and we've got a lot of snow no doubt. Also, don't forget, we've also got a few weeks of grouse season left. Uh, if some of these places like my property, we've got a lot of grouse on it right now. They're really tucked up into the uh, the spruce trees and, and, and tamarack has seemed to be playing a role in that uh, as well. There's a lot of those red berries. Uh, so uh, grabbing snowshoes and shotgun, you can go and scout uh, new places for deer hunting at the same time as uh, getting a little bit of wing shooting in. Remember that closes early December 31st this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're kind of coming up to, uh, closing things up and wrapping them up and, uh, and looking ahead to next season. We haven't talked about ice fishing yet much, and I know that there's been a lot of it going on. We've been ice fishing here in North central Wisconsin since probably right around Halloween, I think is when I heard of the first guys going out. So it's been going on for a long time, but the big thing I want to emphasize on that right now, caution, caution, caution here. In north central wisconsin we've got a lot of flowages lake wasa lake dubay half moon wisconsin river the old plain even though we've been ice fishing for a long time on a lot of those places there's still a lot of places where there's an unsafe ice and now we're adding all of this heavy heavy snow on top so just huge caution putting putting that out there please be careful please be safe know that travel conditions are really really difficult and maybe consider sticking to um, places that have short access off of ramps or access points, not putting heavy travel on. Um, shallower bays have good ice on them. I've heard reports locally up to about eight, nine inches, but I've also heard of places that are really, really unsafe still. So keep that in mind. Um, obviously, as far as hot trends in ice fishing right now, tungsten in jigs and uh, has been huge. The new Kalins, uh, Google jigs are 
awesome. I'm, I'm super jacked. They've got a great quality hook on them. They got a million great colors and that little rattling glass eye makes that my favorite jig of the year for sure. Uh, a lot of really cool pieces of technology in new rods, new reels, always loving that. The straight line stuff just continues to get more and more popular. In electronics, oh my gosh, that, I mean, that Garmin live scope panoptic stuff is just crazy. I sold one of those units yesterday and I'm going through it with the guy. Holy cow. Like, Never thought we'd see ice fishing electronics selling at $2,800, but man, is that stuff amazing. Super, super cool. The one thing about it, if you're considering it too, is just know that with those units, they're definitely going to slow you down because they're big and they're heavy. They take a little bit more to set up. So if you're a guy who like me who's a running gunner, maybe not the technology for you. Um, but if, if you want to find fish and drill the fewest amount of holes possible, and, and be on top of them, that technology, holy smokes, that is mind-numbing, absolutely crazy. But I always love it because now's that time of year moving forward where it really pays to pay attention. A couple things, you know, equipment-wise. One, we're looking at end-of-year rebates. You know, a lot of these companies are offering rebates because of the Christmas season, moving into the new season. One of the best rebate programs I've seen out there right now, Browning's doing a really great one. Um, on all of their firearms, seeing rebates up to $200 on stuff. If you're looking for a new rifle for your next out west hunt, you know maybe right now is a really good time to look at uh, Browning. That's a big one um, that that we really like. There's some new handguns coming out. Smith and Wesson just announced the new EZ9. Uh, if you're familiar, their EZ Shield and the 380 has been one of the biggest success stories in concealed carry handguns in in forever. Uh, so easy to use, tons of safety features. And basically what it did is, is opened up the opportunity for people via you know strength or arthritis issues that had troubles working a handgun. That gun was really designed to alleviate that. In uh, this new nine is just, it's gonna be a slam dunk. So that's really cool. Springfield has their new Hellcat out in concealed carry. We've had those in now. That has been a really, really, a uh, great new piece. We see that uh, Glock has introduced the uh, the newest member of their family, the the Glock uh, Model 44, and that's a 22 long rifle. That's Glock's first entry uh, into the 22 market. I think that's going to be a really big slam dunk after seeing the uh, success of uh, Taurus's uh, latest 22 handgun. Um, there's just I really think that that's going to be a popular one. Uh, Smith has had success with the similar um, M&P series in the 22. So I think for Glock, that's going to be a, a big home run for them because as target shooting continues to just improve and become more popular and more of the general public is into handgun shooting, uh, that is just going to be a really, really fun little gun to shoot. And if it's anything like every other Glock is, it's going to be a bit like a brick poo house. So that's really neat. Uh, all the new bows are out. We're going to dive into bows in an entire episode coming in really soon. I was going to do it earlier um, as the new models came out and just kind of have first opinion. But now that we've been shooting them and setting them up and tuning them and, and selling them, the, the new stuff like the Elite Cure, the, uh, the Bowtech Revolt series, the new um, Axius and RX4 from Hoyt, 
um, and the new PSE uh, Evo NXT. Now we've got some time behind them. I feel more comfortable in, in talking about more than just, you know, first glimpse. So we're going to dive into that here really soon. Also, too, I'm going to start traveling here in the next couple of weeks for the uh, firearms buying shows where we get to see a lot of the new stuff. And then into February, out to the uh, NABA show in Reno where we get to play with a lot of the new archery stuff. Uh, that's out there too. So a lot of really cool things. Obviously, last second uh, shopping for Christmas, we got a lot of sales going on, but uh, we're going to keep pouting on the new stuff. Next week, uh, we're going to get together with uh, our first uh, our guest, uh, one of two guys yet. Uh, we're going to start to bring some other people in here. Uh, we've got uh, Captain Brett Jolly, uh, the famed little pirate, uh, fishing guide out of Green Bay uh, and here in north central Wisconsin. He's had a couple of really cool out west hunts, some success in the field with his wife for uh, some trophy mule deer. Uh, once he recovers from, I don't know what he's got, scabies or something? No, what is it? Oh, he's got shingles. That's right. He's got shingles right now. So he's a little disgusting right now. A little pussy. So we're going to wait for that. The other thing is upcoming too, we've got uh, former FLW Tour Pro Cody Hayner. Uh, we're going to talk about where he's moving forward with all of these crazy changes in competitive bass fishing. That's uh, quite the soap opera circus right now. So we've got that coming up and uh, yeah, some really cool stuff. So as always, I appreciate you guys joining me here on Chase Outdoors, the podcast. Remember, spend some time, take an hour, do some reflection and get ready for 2020 bow season. Maybe uh, if you've quit uh, bow hunting starts for you now, uh, you know, if not, it starts for you in a few weeks, but a lot of things coming up. Think about food, think about stand locations, think about access points, cover. There's just so much. I'm excited. We're only 10 months away from the next year season. All right. Justin Geike, as always, God bless you. Good luck in the field and the water.